Hello and welcome, my fellow conspiracy theorists, or as the FBI would call us, domestic terrorists. We've got another episode of Conspiracy Analytica coming your way, and I wasn't planning on doing so many of these shows to start out with, but this has turned out to be quite a popular podcast, and it looks like it's exactly what people need right now. Help with discernment and understanding the information war that we're currently dealing with. And that's exactly what we're going to get into today. Information warfare and psychological operations. And we're going to do that with a gentleman who literally worked in the Army conducting info warfare operations. His name is Steve Murray. You might have seen an interview I did with him a few months back on my main video channels. Though I definitely had to have him on Conspiracy Analytica for a show because his knowledge base is exactly what is needed for discussion on this podcast. We get into how the deep state infiltrates the truth movement and messes with it, something that's going on a whole lot right now and that people need to wake up to. Remember, you can support this podcast by signing up to my Subscribestar page, sending a donation, and there's a few other ways you can support as well. Some links will be below this video, or you can go to my website, jordansather.com, and find out the ways how. The website for Conspiracy Analytica will be up in due time. I appreciate any assistance you guys can and are willing to offer. Now, without any further magoo, let's get into episode number five of the Conspiracy Analytica podcast with retired Lieutenant Colonel Steve Murray. Steve Murray, honored to have you on. How you doing, my friend? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So for episode number five of this podcast, I want to dig into pretty much everything you are very familiar with, which is why I'm having you on here to talk about it. I want to talk about psychological operations, how they're conducted, how they're being used against the truth movement right now. A lot of very pertinent, very important subjects to be aware of and to know, because Lord knows now more than ever, the truth movements on social media are being infiltrated and it's stemming from likely the very top intelligence agencies involved in it three-letter agencies, things like that. So before we get into those heavy-hitting topics, I want to get a little bit of background about yourself because I know a lot of people listening to this podcast might not have heard of you before. So give us a little bit, bit of background of your military background and your experiences uh, there. Sure. So the fact that your your audience probably doesn't know me is is a good thing, at least in my industry. It's a great thing when people don't know who you are. Yeah. I spent 23 years in the Army. I, my core specialty in the Army was information operations, which is information warfare. I started out doing that in back in the 90s when I went to a school at Quantico called Command and Control Warfare. I ended my career doing digital network intelligence and advanced persistent threat in both the agency as well as for the Army CERT. And throughout that time, I did operations in both Afghanistan, Korea, in Iraq and a, a host of other countries to influence the populations in a number of different uh, aspects. In, in Iraq, it was influencing the population that we were not conquerors, that we were liberators, as well as we were trying to establish a government and we were trying to teach them how to govern themselves. And Afghanistan was more the same, but it was also um, influencing the population to accept and to participate in, in the government and not just let the sheiks and tribal leaders run the government. 
And in other countries, it was influencing other countries to adopt some of our uh, strategic and long-term policies related to national defense. And throughout that time, I was privy to a lot of different operations that were influencing operations as well as non-kinetic operations to influence um, both friendly governments and hostile governments to either adopt our strategy or respect our strategy and stay out of the way. That's, gotcha. that's me in a nutshell. So you have quite a background with information operations, psychological warfare, these types of topics. So I want to ask you now, how long have you been following, I guess we could say, the online truth movement or awakening movement or basically just like conspiracy theories on the internet? Let's see. I, I was introduced to the QAnon uh, 4chan 8kun uh, boards back in 2017, just after the first drop with uh, Clinton's going to be arrested at X time. And I, and I stayed in tune with all of that, as well as I've been dabbling in and out of the, the, the spectrum for the last probably five years. You know, I've been following guys like Benjamin Fulford. I've been following Robert David Steele. I've been following a number of those characters for the last several years. And I'm actually have reached out and started, you know, years ago. Now it's been like three years. I've been talking to Ben Fulford and a few others and really vetting that to see this, the thing, not just what they're posting, but how, why they're posting what they're posting. Cause some of it's, some of it's way over the edge. Some of it's, some of it's somewhat true to life. Some of it's nonsense. So I've been following the community for the last four years over the last six months, since I'm going to say since eh, longer than that, since November, I've been really dialed into Telegram, Rumble, BitChute, and all the alternative platforms, because what we're seeing is we're seeing a concerted effort on both the AI aspect as well as human intelligence aspect to not only disrupt the information flow to the truth community, but disrupt the truth community in total. They don't have the mechanisms they have with Twitter, Facebook, and with YouTube. So now they have to do it through a number of other mechanisms in order to disrupt the flow of information. And what I've seen over the last eight months is a steady increase in the number of tools that they're introducing to not only discredit the truth movement, but to inter interdict on the, the momentum as well as the morale and themes and messages that we are trying to push out. They're, they are literally in all in to disrupt all of those those themes and messages like one of them is the the anti-vaccine piece of it you're seeing you're seeing a host of influencers out there talking about very specific things that have never been proven but yet they're they're talking points literally every single week those are all controlled opposition points then you're seeing attacks on people like mike flynn people like patrick byrne you're seeing attacks from within the community against those people that right. are very directed attacks for no other reason than Mike Flynn is gaining momentum. And you, you notice that every time the truth community starts to gain momentum, something is introduced that interdicts all of that and, and basically resets us back to square one. That's, that's just in the last six months. Yeah, you reached out to me, I think it was around April or May, because you were, you know, you were kind of, I guess, vibing with some of the things I was saying, and you wanted to reach out and offer your expertise, which I greatly appreciate and have learned a lot from you with. And I see a lot of the exact same stuff. It's been, you say about six months. I think, I think it began maybe about 12 months ago. 
some of these characters who were on their bit shoot rumble channels with telegram accounts some of them somehow are still on youtube and twitter and facebook but i i noticed some of these networks begin forming in 2020 and they were espouting a lot of the same clickbait misinformation a lot of them with the same rhetoric um a lot of them would also claim to have inside sources or some sort of insiders that would give them some magic information and they would try to rope in their audiences with that so it's just it's evolved it's evolved greatly especially since trump has left office and now the truth movement's kind of and also q stopped posting now the truth movement's kind of trying to find its own way i think a lot of these opportunists have descended upon it and yeah the disinformation's incredible about everything about vaccines i mean we got some of these influencers like you mentioned they, they don't really have solid 100% evidence to back up their claims and yet their claims about these vaccines they present it as if it's fact as if oh yeah we know these little creatures are in there the graphene oxide is in there it's like what's going to be in the vaccines today like it's going to be something different so yeah so i the, mean there is that going on and mm -hmm. the the so some of the characters you're talking about came out of nowhere and I would consider them disinformation nodes that were introduced after the Trump folks left. Now, remember, there's a several things that transpired all around the same time, one of which was the, the switch off of Parler. Parler was getting momentum. Parler had a lot of people that were migrating off of Twitter. They were migrating off Facebook and going to Parler. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, Parler got shut down. And they did that for very specific reasons. One, it was getting way too much traffic and way too much momentum. And they couldn't have that. Notice how Parler's a ghost town now. They've never been able to recover. Yeah. So that was a very, very concerted um, interdiction plan to get rid of to get rid of Parler. And, and for the most part, it was massively successful. And then introduced BitChute, Rumble, CloudHub, BitChute's um, a mess. One hundred seven daily. Now Getter, and then you've got um, Telegram. All of those popped up right around the same time. Now, part of the problem is, and this is, again, this is another information operation. This is basically the splintering, right? So if you can't interdict, then you diffuse. And if you can diffuse, you're diffusing that across multiple platforms. So the enemy doesn't have what's called a center of gravity. And that center of gravity, think about Twitter, right? Twitter is a toxic, it's a toxic sinkhole and echo chamber for the left. And they fully control all the way up to the DNC, they fully control everything that's pushed out there. Now they so, do. They didn't yes. when we were on there last year, but they sanitized us all off that platform. So now they own it. Right. So they it's an echo chamber. Mm -hmm. And then when you look at Instagram, YouTube, Facebook with the censorship, same, same thing, thing, right? They've, they've basically sanitized that. And then they've diffused all those, those people that were displaced there across all these other platforms, which number one, don't have the sophistication. Number two, don't have the... The ability to uh, they don't have the ability to police up but but most importantly there's not a concentration of truth movement that's moved to any one platform in total right you've got some on bitchute you've got some on rumble you've got some on telegram you've got some on parlor you've got some on 107 daily and cloud hub others on getter there's not a central platform that's considered the center of gravity for all of these the truth movement and that's by design I think Telegram, just like Rumble, and especially BitChute are all echo chambers. BitChute is way more toxic than Rumble is. 
Well, you but, mentioned that you mentioned the AI earlier too. And when I upload content to BitChute, I notice AI AI comments everywhere, and they're toxic. They're always calling me a deep state shill or something like that. And the AI, I don't think people understand how prevalent this AI is. And I also think people don't realize that I think it was General McChrystal, right? General Stanley McChrystal developed a lot of AI uh, AI programs with the help of DARPA to be used overseas. But over the last 12 to 18 months, those AI programs are being used domestically. So all, all of that AI is, is so let's, let's go down that, that, that hole for a second. All of that AI is being directed across the planet. It's not just here. It's going on in every Western country across the planet. Okay. Here, the, the specific focus of the AI is disruption. There, it's influencing operations, disruption, and censorship, and it's being used in a very, very insidious way. Here, they don't have the mechanisms to be able, and the control um, and tools to be able to get onto all the platforms, but they're able to get on enough to disrupt. And I was that's where I was starting to go with that was we're seeing a more and more prevalence and infiltration by AIs across all of the platforms, not just in the comments, but it's in the types of comments that are being made. It, it was before being used strictly to push out the same message across multiple channels. So they would say the vaccines are safe or you don't know, you know, they'd have this reply to people that are anti-vax and there were certain key words that were used to trigger the AI response. And the AI response was, here's the, here's the science. And they would throw up some study or here's the, here's the, the current science on the vaccines and the boosters. And it would basically have 10 or 15 comments that were injected into the stream after that. I mean, if you look at, at Twitter, that's where they perfected the skill. Yeah. In addition to that, now you're seeing conversations by bots within channels that are strictly bots talking to bots about a specific talking point or a specific narrative. The, the current one is it's it's um, crime in the cities, right? So the the new narrative from the left on the crime waves that are hitting all the cities from the defund the police movement is well, that's just the way a city goes. There's certain areas that you just don't go to because it's it's not safe, and that's how all cities are. No, that's not really how that is. But you're seeing bots take those those narratives and those talking points and have conversations with itself in channels, and people think it's real people that are generating these comments when it's all AI. And now you're seeing that across the spectrum of all the, the truth movement channels and media. You're seeing it in Rumble, even, even specific comments in Rumble, you can probably pick out 10 out of 20 comments and they're all AI comments. That's, that's how sophisticated it is. And this was all developed in DARPA to be used for a number of different military applications, but the intent of it was to influence people. And now it's being used to disrupt meaning they're flooding channels with comments like, you know, um, certain certain channels are just flooded with comments. You'll see you know, one comment from a real person, and then 100 or 500 comments from AI triggered yeah. by by a keyword. And it's definitely different on each platform. So if you go to Twitter and some sort of news breaks in the media, you can tell, you know, you can search a certain keyword or buzzword in Twitter search, and you can see a lot of those bots get activated. It's pretty easy to find the bots on Twitter. They'll all have the same comments, um, but they're manufacturing a consensus for normie America to believe, like you said, a left-wing propagandist narrative on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, because we've all been censored off there. Most all the truthers have been by now. 
the Telegram AI and the BitChute AI, you know, the AI that hits the platforms where the truthers congregate, they go with the different narratives. They go with the, you know, the ones that are more conspiratorial, but still trying to feed the clickbait or the disinformation out there. And, you know, when I think of it, at the end of 2020, when YouTube had their mass purge, we all got purged off pretty much every big tech platform, October, November, 2020. Then we all had to migrate. Uh, you know, we were on Parler for maybe a month or two, but that fell through. Then we ended up getting on Telegram. The way I look at it, you know, there is so much AI, so many garbage disinformation node channels. I almost think they were waiting for us. I almost think they knew we were, they were going to uh, that we were going to end up on Telegram. So they were setting up Telegram with all their AI and even human shills, but they were just waiting for us to hit Telegram so they could just pummel us with all this clickbait, disinfo, quantum financial garbage, flat earth garbage, med bed garbage, garbage QD codes, just all this stuff to confuse people. I, I don't think so. I think I think when the... So Telegram, like all the other channels, go has gone through an evolution. Okay. And I think that they've adapted to Telegram's growth because when we first started, what this wasn't, this wasn't a big problem. The problem was people that that would literally get in the channels and they would they would say toxic things. They would they would advocate for violence. They would advocate for civil war. That was the problem when we first started. The AI problem has grown exponentially over the months, and I think it's because they figured out how to infiltrate the platform. They figured out which part of the APIs. To, to use to inject their their AI code into, right? Because yeah, that, that kind of makes would, sense because at the beginning, there were no Trump coins. <laughs> now, right. Trump coin posts are everywhere. So, so that does make oh. sense that they've figured out how to use Telegram's algorithms a little more. Right, and you, you have to, the, the thing to consider as you, as you start to look at all these platforms is they're, they're, they've got AI that's doing work. They've got AI evaluating the platform. They've got AI looking at how to influence the platform and making recommendations to the, the controllers on the other end of it. And I'm sure that they're watching all of the streams from all of the channels and they're, they're pushing back information that fits every individual channel. Some of it's just blanket shotgun approach, right? Looking for targets of opportunity. Others are very targeted, what we call spear phishing uh, in the, in the security world, it's where you send a very targeted email to a very targeted person within an organization, and you know a lot about that persona. So you send information directly to them that you know they will respond to. That's exactly what we're seeing across all these channels is we're seeing very targeted information for the audience in that channel. You're seeing a lot of shotgun blasts in other channels and across the spectrum, right? The Trump coins, the, the get rich quick, call this guy, and he's he's guaranteeing to make $1,000, all that kind of nonsense. That's there's a criminal element of this. There's an AI element that's being run from the intelligence side of the house. And then there's the nation state stuff that's coming out of China. And the nation state stuff is the very targeted, sophisticated AI that is doing a lot of the different, very, very targeted messaging. And the, the, the insidious part about it is people don't realize they're responding to bots. And it's kind of like taking a, a heuristic exam where the questions get harder and harder as you get more and more adept and they and the AI figures out that you have a depth of knowledge. It takes you deeper and deeper to find out how deep your knowledge is. Same kind of a deal here. They're taking it deeper and deeper and deeper to figure out how far down the rabbit hole they can take people. And the the part that's really disruptive to the movement is when you get guys like uh you know guys that are coming on here talking about the quantum financial system and the med beds, 
there was already a group of people that would believe those those influencers no matter what, right? Most of them are completely full of shit. Mm-hmm. But you know, because this this Nasera Jacera nonsense has been out for what five six years. I think I Ten, saw. Yeah, I heard of it ten years ago. Yeah, at it's, least, it, and it's been out longer than that. So all nonsense, right? Yeah. Just like there's there's a there's a conversation about this quantum financial system. Okay, anybody with just common sense will realize that this. If there's quantum anything right now, it's going to be used by a nation state to dominate other nation states. It's not going to be used to influence the public and, and give the public a bounty. I mean, give me a break right. with that. And if you're going to roll something like that out global wide, there's going to be so many people that are half, you know, would have to have some sort of information about it that it's going to get found out. I mean, it's just, there's so many problems, so many different problems with their narratives. But, you know, it, it looks like the AI. We're dealing with that across all the platforms in various ways. And then we also have the, shall we say, human assets, whether knowingly or unknowingly, they could be conscious deceivers or useful idiots. But it looks like the AI is is supporting and promoting a lot of the work from these human assets. A lot of the bit shoot channels, rumble channels, telegram posts, et cetera, they're, they're floated around by these AI mechanisms to almost artificially inflate and make these people look more popular than they really are. So more people will latch on to their, whatever it is, rhetoric, med bed crap, QFS Oh, absolutely. Crap. I mean, yeah. if, you, if you look at, so I noticed it about three months ago when all these channels were popping up, like Denzel Washington, Clint Eastwood. All the fake celebrity um, channels, yeah. Kennedy, and every one of those channels, it was the same posts across all those channels. You could just see that they were trying to figure out which posts were going to be sticky and which ones weren't. And, you know, one of the big ones that, that I latched onto, which I think is, is um, funny is if you don't subscribe now, we're going to lock this channel down. You're going to need a code. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll get right on that. That there was probably 20 or 30 channels that had that exact same post across it. And we're going to post some very, very detrimental drops, right? Remember the McAfee thing? Oh, yeah. The fake McAfee account that some yeah. people like want to save and was literally claiming Q team was behind and all that. Uh, I know the insiders inside doing inside stuff with inside people all the time. Yeah. Well, the only thing they're the inside is your head. Yeah. Well, the only thing he's inside is an echo chamber. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, but it, when you, when you look at the bigger picture right now, so you've got the bots, you've got the AI. Now, the piece that we talked about earlier is the, the human piece. There is a very, very real human element of this. And I experienced that the other night. I was I was in a channel, um, and, and I'm in several private channels, and you're familiar with this. And somebody jumped, somebody was invited in the channel. So they groomed one of the one of the members of the channel to get invited in. They got it got invited in. And they started, you know, saying things that were, let's just say, from from my original neck of the woods. They knew a lot about my background. They knew a lot about where I was, where I went to school. They knew a lot about my career. And it was all tacitly implied. It was never overtly implied. And then I threw some very specific language out there to draw them out, because usually the rhetoric draws them out. And sure enough, they bid on it. And um, they were escorted from the channel, but that wasn't the only channel that that person was in. They were in my my um, public channel, and they they uh, tried to PM me. They tried to do an, uh, a number of different contacts. Even one of my email addresses would hit was hit by them. So it tells me that they have a there's a human element that's just as active. And I would say that's probably one of the agencies that's doing that. 
and they are very, very specifically targeting people that they consider to be a potential threat or a current threat. And I'm, I think that's going to ramp up over the next 12 to 15 months. But it also tells me that they're very desperate because if you're investing that kind of human capital into an operation that's primarily being run by, by AI, it tells me that you're concerned about one or, or multiple parts of the, the narrative that you're trying to push on the public. So whatever, whatever um, information that I'm covering that they don't like, it, it's definitely got their attention. And it tells me they're over target. And you know, you saw Patel go through that um, with the MSN NBC stuff over the last right. couple of weeks. So I think that's going to intensify. And I don't think it's 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 going to be just AI doing. It. I think it's going to be there's going to be human intel side of that that's going to be playing against all of us. What agencies do you think have their fingerprints all over this? Is it Mossad? Is it CIA? Is it FBI? Is it a mix? I think it's so. The FBI is busy doing, they're, they're, they're busy trying to build the narrative that there's a white supremacist right. um, and racist movement in the Patriot side of the house. And they've been unsuccessful thus far, mainly because they're mostly incompetent. But you're going to see that they've infiltrated all of the public and the physical meeting spaces. Now you're going to see their counterintelligence people get involved with Telegram, and I'm sure they already are. But I think I think all of the the AI activity is nation state. I think all of the human activity is from both the intelligence agencies as well as law enforcement. And I would say there's nation state there as well. I don't think it's I think some of it's coordinated. I don't think all of it's coordinated yet. You'll know when it's coordinated when you start getting hit from multiple different aspects, meaning they they, they come at you trying to get you to warm up to one part of your persona, meaning let's say they go after my college background, they try and find some common interest there, or they send a female after me to try and try and um, warm me up that way through some kind of a romantic yeah. or they come after Honey me. Honeypot you or something. Yeah. So yeah, I was trying to stay away from saying that word, but okay. Um, but yeah, you know where I'm going with that, right? They'll, they'll come at you yeah, from yeah. the end. That's when you know it's a coordinated effort, right? Because each agency is good at specific things. Some are good at, at all three, but none are great at everything. So when you start seeing those kind of those kind of influencing operations against specific people, then you really, really do see a uh, coordinated effort across the agencies. So where do you see this going from here and how can we best combat these influence operations? I think there's there's three things you could do. Um, one. Most people don't have the background to be able to fully vet and draw people out to really see if they're if they're loyal or not. So some key indicators that people can use just as rule of thumb. Number one, be paranoid of everything. Question absolutely everything. Don't take anything at face value, not people, not messages, not posts, not videos. Don't take anything at face value. Everything's being manipulated right now. On top of that, when people come into a room and they're, they're fairly normal, and then all of a sudden they start going down a path where they're talking about a very specific rhetoric using very specific words like civil war or like-minded people, that's another one. When you start seeing rhetoric like that, then drill down and, and start to question, what does like-minded people mean? What, what does it mean when you say people that think like me? And you're going to be you're going to find that when you start asking those questions, 
they're going to come back with you with very specific talking points. It's, it's kind of like I was on Rich Cooper's show uh, about two weeks ago now, and he asked me, you know, how do you know when you're getting uh, programmed by either Hollywood or TV? I said, look, the homework is go out and watch the first four episodes of season four of The Rookie, and you will see literally every narrative, talking point, and theme that the left wants you to see. The first one is the white supremacist. There's the white supremacist cop. Then there's the the gay lesbian cop that's that's being oppressed. Then there's the um, the female and the reproductive rights. Then there's the defund the police with the the public safety police. Then there's the um, the conversation around how police don't have the manpower to do all of the police missions, so they need a public safety aspect of it. And you will see literally break down every scene, every every line in the show. And you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. You'll be able to break down all those talking points and you'll see exactly what, what they're trying to tell you in each scene. And each scene has a specific theme and message. And I, you can't take any part of that show for granted. And I was literally the other night, I was watching Endgame with my nephew. And, you know, even in Avengers Endgame, the very start of the movie, um, when uh, Tony Stark is rescued from space, he talks about, remember how we were going to put a, protective shield around the planet and we were going to, you know, everybody was so worried about their, their rights and their civil liberties. Yeah. All the way back to the Avengers, you're seeing themes and messages that align with where we are right now. And the point is break down everything somebody says in a channel, break down what the AI says. You'll see the commonality in the AI because it's, it's a repetitive pace, but with people, the repetitive pace stops at a certain point and they get on very specific talking points. And when you get, when you see those talking points, I guarantee you, you will not be able to watch TV videos or movies ever again without seeing it graphically in front of you. Like I can't watch movies and TV series anymore because all of those narratives are right in my face. And that's all I see. I don't, I, I can't even see the storyline anymore because really all I see are the themes and messages. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned earlier that somebody can get into a room or it might not even be a room. It might just be kind of the movement in general. We get a personality or a talking face, talking head that inserts themselves into the movement and they'll be fine for a little while. And then all of a sudden you see them kind of turn and my gosh, especially over the last few days, but right now of all, it seems like so many people are turning are just showing their true colors or it's like they're getting orders to start running with these narratives or attacking people or whatever the case right and i guess what i want to convey to people here is that you number one you don't know people especially if you've never met them before all you have heard is them on the internet you've never met them you don't know them so you can't make a judgment or an assumption about somebody and their intentions based off not even knowing them and number two is that um, you have to really spend some time. It could take years, not just a few months, but it could take years of noticing somebody's behavior or patterns, taking a look at their information, listening to them. And then over time, you'll finally start to realize they're full of crap. I mean, it's taken me years to realize people have been full of crap when I believe them for a certain amount of time. And then I finally started questioning them, questioning my own ideas and starting to figure things out more so. So, I mean, well, let me add some context to that and reframe that a little bit, because I think most people are, we're, we're all programmed from the time we're little, little kids to be afraid of scarcity. So we, we adopt, you know, 
friends, family, colleagues, we, we, we latch on to them when we see people that we know are not struggling for resources. And I mean, when you think about it, let's just distill out all the noise and all the background and you'll, you'll come down to one thing. Most people are taught very early on to trust, you know, that the messages that you hear in the press, trust the press, trust the government, trust the military, trust the police. It's ingrained in your head from the time you're a toddler until you're an adult. So your natural assumption, your natural movement is toward people versus away from people. We're not taught to be skeptical anymore. In fact, they've dumbed down the school system and taken civics out of the school system. So people don't think critically like that anymore. They just accept things at face value. That's why their information campaigns have been so successful because they play on your emotions. And when you take the emotion out of any engagement and any conversation, then you're, then you're able to literally, literally critically think and look at people from a different perspective. And, and you're a lot better at doing that than I am, Jordan. I, I, I look at things from the macro level. You're looking at the, at the tactical and the macro level, and you're seeing some of the same things that I've been talking about. But I'm looking at the overarching themes and messages, and I don't trust anybody, right? To be in the, to be in the business I'm in, you got to be somewhat ADHD. you got to be somewhat paranoid. you got to be somewhat schizophrenic. And that keeps you out of danger, right? Yeah. So all of those things combined lead you to the fact that when you when you get away from this narrative around scarcity, right? Because they've turned everybody into consumers because you got to have more stuff. If you don't have enough stuff, you're not going to survive. None of that's real. It's all nonsense. But we've, we've, as a society, we have adopted that because it's just been drilled into our heads. That's the mechanism they're using right now. They're drilling this vaccine fear and this virus fear and they've been driving it for two years and they've been successful in a lot of different states. I mean, look at look at Washington State. You can't walk down the street without somebody asking if you've been vaccinated. Now they're moving the bar. Now you got to have a booster shot to be vaccinated. And again, Stu Peters was talking about that six months ago. So he's a controlled asset. He's telling you the truth, but he's telling you the truth from the fact that his handlers know that they know it's coming. So they're telling you what's coming. Then you have Alex Jones on the other side saying, yep, they're going to bring in a communist government. It's going to be a one world government. They're going to use this environmental, social, regulatory and governance score to, to, to regulate businesses and, and select the businesses they want. Yours isn't going to be, you see where I'm going with that? Yeah. You're inundated with all this fear porn. You can't help but feel isolated, alone and by yourself. And the thing that I keep telling people on a regular basis is that's not true. There is way more of us, way more people out there that know that there's millions of people that are sick of the system, sick of the corruption, sick of the lies, and they see through all of the narrative, right? Now the trick is to really plug in and start looking and breaking down each, each paragraph into what the themes and messages are and dissecting what they're saying to you so you can see through all of that BS and get to the truth. And sometimes you have to go right to the source to do it. I mean, look at the Kyle Rittenhouse thing. Rittenhouse was, was acquitted on, on all charges. And then there was a conspiracy or a bunch of videos around, you know, it was all green screened. Okay. Maybe it was, but you have to look at the bigger picture there. Maybe, and I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt because they knew that BLM and Antifa would be very, very active, if not activated by the other side, if he was acquitted. So what a better way to outwit them and to disrupt their operations than to record all of the proceedings and then play it a day or two after all of it's said and done. Then you don't have to worry about anybody in the, any of the jurors leaving the courthouse and being beaten to death by Antifa or by BLM, 
right? So there sometimes there's disruption operations that you do against the enemy and against your own people so you don't give away your operation in total. I mean, there's yeah, been- that's a good example of that is sometimes I see different so-called quote truthers in our movement, they'll get censored by a tech platform or they'll get a mainstream media hit piece written about them. But these people look like straight shills. So it's almost giving them a, a false sense of credibility in the eyes of their followers that, oh, this person's over the target. They must be legit because they got censored. Or they got a hit piece written about them. Well, that's how they mess with your head is to get you thinking like that, thinking that this person is legit based upon these attacks because they want you to have a sense of trust in their shill that they're going to turn around and screw your mind with. So like you said earlier, can't take anything at face value. No, you really can't. And the the part that's really frustrating, and, and I know it disorients a lot of people, is you don't know who the good guys are and the bad guys are. Well, like we like we just said, the, the, the bad guys, are, their narrative is going to change. You're going to figure it out really quickly. Sometimes it takes a long time. But that's that's part of the part of the game. You can't put too much faith in in too many people all at once. You have to vet them out over time. And and I'll use a case in point. Down here, Carrie Lake is the candidate for governor um, because Ducey is uh, essentially supposedly going to run for Senate. And so is Bronovich. Carrie Lake is a picked, she is a picked, establishment picked candidate. All her talking points are spot on. Everything she says plays right to the voters here, plays right to the Trumps, the Trump movement, plays right to the truth movement. She's too polished. She's too on target. And she's too, she's too direct with her comments to be anything other than an establishment pick and a rhino. And I've called it out in several forums and I get literally piled on and attacked when I say it. But look, if some it, there is such a thing as too good to be true. Then you look at a guy like um, then you look at somebody that, like Patel, who's he's doing real analysis. He's he's putting out information based on, you know, executive orders on on published orders on on uh, conversations with intelligence types. He's not putting out crap. He's doing deep analysis. He's doing it for, for the for the same reasons you and I are doing. But then you look at somebody like Carrie Lake, all her talking points are scripted for her. Her narratives are all the same. It's all BS. And as you as you spend more time going to, to the source, as you spend more time using discernment, you'll see what I'm talking about. It takes a while to get to the place where you're you you use that healthy skepticism to vet people out. And in this environment with it, so much disinformation and so many, so many controlled assets, you have to do that to find good information sources because there's not one clean information source. Even OANN, who's done yeoman's work for some of the reporting on both COVID and the VAERS injury list, they still have you know their their demons that they have to deal with. And it is it is a huge problem. Yeah. I I don't every influencer, every outlet, they're gonna have their own niche. Like I love the gateway pundit. They've done great reporting on election fraud this year and more political ideas. But if I want to learn something about the UFO movement, I'm definitely not going to go to the Gateway Pundit. They're not going to know shit about that. So people out there have to understand that all platforms and or influencers have their own perspectives. Some of them might be narrow viewed about certain things, but great resources for other things. And sometimes even the shills out there that you know are compromised, 
they can have some useful intel now and again. So you really shouldn't not follow anybody. You should follow everybody, but just be be very careful. Like for me myself, I follow tons of shills, and sometimes some of them are very useful. But I'm just not going to share their work. <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not going to platform them and give them attention if I know they're a disinformation node. But I will take that intel they put out there and use it, maybe repackage it or something like that for my own means and ends. So uh, you're better at that than I am, right? <laughs> so I I when I republish stuff, I, I I try and republish with here's a narrative you're looking for here. This is all BS or this is good work. And, you know, we're, you and I are trying to do the same thing, right? We're trying to point people to, here's information that you can actually rely on, or at least here's enough good information for you to form an opinion. And that's getting harder and harder to find, both because of the AI. But the, the piece that I want to, before we close this out, right? I want to cover something that I think people need to keep in mind. You know, it's easy to go hate on Lynn Wood. It's easy to go hate on Mike Flynn. It's easy to go hate on these public figures. But remember, you don't have any perspective on whether they're being coerced, whether their family's being threatened, or whether they're doing this of their own volition. Don't assume because somebody is attacking somebody else that they're doing it of their own accord. Sometimes they're they're being coerced to do it. And you need to look at what the stakes are. The bigger picture is this is this is planetary. This is not going on just here in the US. There are there are politicians all across this planet that have been compromised, that are doing things that they would never do because it's political suicide, but they're doing it anyway because somebody's coercing them to do it. And all the stops have been pulled out. In our history, we have never seen a global campaign this coordinated with this much activity and this well-scripted in our entire history. And it is going on right in front of your eyes. So don't think for one minute that Linwood might, he may not be doing this as, of his own volition. He may be doing, he may be attacking Flynn because he's being told to do that because of an agreement he signed. And we don't know if they threatened his family or not. Now, do I think that's true? No, I think he's batshit crazy. And I think he went off the deep end. And I think he's, he's aligned himself with some nefarious characters. But that said, there are other players in the, in the spectrum that are doing that. And I know some of them are being coerced. And I know that personally from, you know, from folks on the inside that I know. Um, and the other part of it, too, is a lot of the intelligence community has gone dark. There is a purge going on both in the military and the intelligence community in D.C., and they're literally trying to get rid of all the conservatives. They First, they got rid of all the Trump people. Then they, they started slowly going through and getting rid of the conservatives. Now, that's really hard to do in the government because... Once you're in the, the general service system, the GS, they the only way they can fire you is if you basically bring a gun to work. So there's a lot of protections in place for federal employees. But they are literally going through <coughs> right now, and they are purging the government, marginalizing people on the government side of the house to get everybody like-minded and, and left thinking. And there's there's several fights going on within the party. And I know there's a lot of rhetoric around all oh, the parties crumbling. Yes, we are seeing things that are being put out. We're seeing narratives that are, that are, that I think are coming out of crisis, but it may not be the crisis you think it is. And the point here is don't, don't assume anything about any of these influencers. Take a really critical look at what's going on across the spectrum and you'll start to see the trends. And I think the trend is you're seeing people getting threatened. You know, yeah, Mike, I mean, Mike Flynn's pretty insulated. He's got some really good people around him 
some of those folks I know, and they are really good people and they are protecting him. So that, that you, and you can thank God for that. Cause I'm going to say this again, and there's a lot of people that disagree with me, but you feel free to disagree with me. I've worked with Mike Flynn. I know Mike Flynn personally. And now are we tight? Are we buddies? No, but I worked with him in the desert. He's one of the smartest men I've ever met. And he's a patriot. And I don't give a shit what anybody says about him. He's a good man. He might be surrounded with dirtbags that are whispering shit in his ear, but he's a good guy. And he is signal. He is not noise. So if you want to know what's going on, you watch Mike Flynn. Because his narrative hasn't changed at all since January. I would say even before that. Yeah, and you bring up a good point. Just because somebody is flinging shit out there, they might be coerced or blackmailed or or something like that to do it. But on the other end, too, the, the flip side of that coin, just because people are blowing smoke up each other's butt out there, you know, that doesn't mean that there's actually a connection or a friendship between them. Uh, so it kind of goes both ways, you know people attacking each other or people supporting each other from a, a personality or influencer level, again, don't take that at face value. Just because somebody is meeting with Trump doesn't mean that they're a good person and they're on Team America. Maybe Trump was trying to get a feel for them or Trump was bringing one of the one of the snakes home to, to get a read or something like that. And just because people are attacking each other, you don't know. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes to cause the person to do it. So, yeah, I mean, anything else you want to leave the listeners with before we close this up? I've got a couple of things. The first one is don't be scared. Stop being scared. That's what they want. The elite wants you to be scared. They want you to feel like you're alone. They want you to feel like you're the only one that thinks the way you do. That's not the truth in any way, shape, or form. There are over 100 million people in this country that believe exactly what you believe right now and are seeing exactly what you see right now. Number two, and this is, this is probably the most important thing. The homework for your audience is two things. The first one was go through the, the rookie and, and look through all of those, those you know two or three episodes. You'll see what I'm talking about with the narratives. But on the other side of that, number three is go through talk to your friends and family. And I want you to ask at least 10 people you know if they know anybody directly that has died from the vaccine. And I guarantee you that one in three will tell you they know somebody directly that has died from this vaccine or the booster. And that should tell you exactly how effective the pharmaceutical industry has been at obfuscating the effects of this vaccine and what it's doing to the public. And that's, that's just deaths. That's not any of the VAERS adverse reactions, which is somewhere in the range of like 400,000 right now. I know probably two people personally that have been affected adversely with heart conditions because of these vaccines. But when you go through and you do that, you're gonna see two things and you're gonna hear two very specific opinions. Number one, you're gonna see people that are staunchly bought into the narrative that vaccines help. Then you're going to find out who is uh, you know, staunchly against the vaccines. And it'll be very pronounced. There's no in-between. Mm -hmm. That's your litany test to find out who believes what you believe and who doesn't believe what you believe. And go back to the movie, The Matrix, where Neo, uh, where Morpheus says to Neo 
there's people so dependent on the system, they will fight to preserve it. That questioning around, if they know somebody that died from the vaccine, that's your litany test. That's who you tell, that's who you know is so involved and so bought into the narrative that you can't talk to them. And, and I'm gonna say this from the perspective, so everybody knows how invested I am in this. I have family, friends, I have, a, I have a kid who's gotten this vaccine and we can't even have a conversation around the vaccine because they're so bought into it. In fact, I've lost friends because of the conversation around the vaccine. That is your litany test to find out who's bought into the narrative and who isn't. And that's where you start to find people that are like-minded, quote unquote, or people that, that you know see things the way you do. And it's very important moving forward because they're the way this communist doctrine works is they put people into buckets, right? You're vaccinated, you're unvaccinated, mm -hmm. you're conservative, you're Republican, you're gay and lesbian, you're straight, you're Christian, you're Muslim. You're starting to see a pattern here. They put everybody into buckets and then multiple buckets and they keep dividing you out until they can play each, each group against the other. That's right out of the communist playbook. Everything we're seeing is out of the communist playbook. Every message you're seeing is right out of the communist playbook. They're trying to mar marginalize the conservatives. They're trying to marginalize the truth movement because they know that the truth movement, if people really band together and they see what's really going on, they're not going to be able to, they're not going to be able to deal with the 300 million people at their doorstep. That's why all this is happening. So don't get wrapped up in that. Get wrapped up in who are people I can trust? Who are people I can talk to? Who are people that can have a civil conversation? That's where you start. Everything starts at the local level. Local level, local local impact has national impact. Get involved at the local level with people you can trust and work your way out from there. Steve, I appreciate this conversation. It's been incredible. Where can people go to find you? I know you have a Telegram channel, and that's pretty much it for social media. But what's your Telegram channel? My Telegram channel is LTC Steve Murray. I have a channel on Rumble, which we just stood up. It's called How the West Was Lost. We're going to start publishing content in January. Cool. And you can reach me uh, through the Telegram channel. I usually respond to that on a you know daily basis. I'm usually in there posting things. Feel free to, to throw a comment in there. I usually respond to all the comments. And if you've got specific questions, you can ask me there. Awesome, man. I will link that Telegram channel right below wherever this is posted, Rumble, BitChute, um, Podbean. And I'm sure this will be a great talk that people are going to enjoy. We'll definitely have you back on again soon, Steve. All right, brother. You take care of yourself. You too. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.